Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. How does your home look to you? This is All Saints Sunday, and so I'm, I'm certainly not talking about the place where you're living now. For every child of God, that's not your home. Heaven is. So let me ask the question again. How does your home look to you? Is it the place that you long to be more than anywhere else? Isn't it the place where you can truly be yourself, your, your very best self? And is it your home, the place where you will ultimately live in perfect comfort, perfect security? For those reasons and more, I look forward to this day of worship. I look forward to All Saints Sunday. I even get excited every time we finish the, the, the creeds of the church. Do you remember how the Apostles' Creed ends? I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. And the Nicene Creed says it even better, I believe. I look for the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. Amen. Folks, those things make my heart beat fast. What Jesus has done for us to save us from our sins, what the Holy Spirit has done to, to give us the gift of faith and keep us in that faith, what the Word of God does to, to keep our hearts set on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, for all of those reasons, we as the followers of Jesus are the most blessed people of all. There's a reason that the things of this earth don't satisfy us. It's because we were created to live forever in another world. And when life gets really tough, Jesus promises that we will share in His glory forever. Even death doesn't scare us. And why should it? For the child of God, death is simply the doorway that opens up the gates of heaven. And so I invite you to open your Bibles now to our first reading for this morning, that Revelation 7 chapter. What we're reading here are, are word pictures of what we and, and all of the saints will ultimately be experiencing. Revelation 7, beginning with the first half of verse 9. The Apostle John is writing this, and he said, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. Do you remember what it's like to worship, especially on Christmas and Easter? I mean, when the church is packed full. Remember that the joyful, exuberant spirit that's alive? 
Or maybe you've been to one of our district or synodical conventions where hundreds and hundreds of people are, are all joining together, people of different ages and races, and they're, they're just singing their praise to God at the top of their voices. Those special times in worship give us just a, a little slice of heaven on earth. Just a hint of what it means to be part of this holy Christian church, the communion of saints. Except for this. In heaven, we will be standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. Can you picture that? It'll be so awe-inspiring that we could have a family member standing right next to us and we won't even notice them. Why? Because we can't take our eyes off of our Savior. And why are the saints in glory standing? Because that's what you do in the presence of Almighty God. If you've ever been called up for jury duty, you know that you, you are instructed to stand when the judge comes in and first takes the bench. You stand whether you want to or not. But in heaven, it'll be our great privilege to stand before the throne and in front of the Lamb. It'll be just one of the smallest of ways that we can honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There's more. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. White robes. Robes of righteousness. Robes of Jesus' righteousness. Or as verse 14 says, robes that have been washed clean and made white in the blood of the Lamb. We're also told in the previous chapter that we have been given these robes. And so it's all by God's grace that heaven is our home. It's by God's grace that we stand there before the throne unashamed and undefiled. All by God's grace. And what's with the palm branches in our hands? Well, in the first century, palm branches were used for, for festive occasions. What a great celebration life in heaven will be. Palm branches were also uh, waved as a sign of victory in the Greek world. And we do that too, don't we? We do it on Palm Sunday. Or at least we make an attempt to. I mean, there's, there's a few of you who will really get into waving the branches. The rest of you, not so much. But in heaven, no encouragement's going to be needed. We, we can tell that from their, their cries of worship. Look at verse 10. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
In heaven, we're going to be using our, our outside voices. We're going to be using our loudest voice. We will be holding nothing back because our gracious God held nothing back in providing for our redemption, our deliverance, our salvation. Verses 11 and 12. All, all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. It's easy to see what's happening here, isn't it? The one to whom belongs the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. He has captured the hearts of all who are in heaven. Not just the hearts of those whose sins have been forgiven, but also all of the heavenly host, all of the full company of angels. And by the way, did you count the number of attributes that have been ascribed to our God here? There are seven. And in this figurative book of Revelation, seven is the number of wholeness and completion. In other words, the worship that you and I will give to our God in heaven will be pure and perfect. Complete in every way. Nothing less than all that we have within us. And I can't wait. Verses 13 and 14. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they? And, and where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. <clears throat> they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The great tribulation. Is that a fair depiction of life on earth? Or, or is that a, an exaggeration? A, a hyperbole? But the Bible also uses words like affliction and oppression uh, for this word of tribulation. It speaks of distress, warfare, personal hostility. And to no one's surprise, it's often connected with the works of Satan, leading people astray, causing fierce hatred, political strife, natural disasters. That does sound a lot like life today, doesn't it? And those are precisely the things that must happen before the last day. Those are the things that we see now and we will see more of before the end. But when Jesus, who defeated the powers of sin, death, and the devil, returns, He is going to take us out of this great tribulation. Out of this world of spiritual warfare 
disease, unrighteousness. That's what we mean each and every time we pray this petition in the Lord's Prayer. Deliver us from evil. People of God, that great day is coming. It's coming for all of God's saints. And finally, verses 15 to 17. Three things are happening here. Three things are spoken of here. Three realities that the saints above are already consumed with. In the verse 15, it's, it's the blessing of God's presence which they're enjoying forever. Therefore, they, the saints, are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. He who sits on the throne will spread His tent over them. I want you to imagine, if you can, being in that immediate presence, that face-to-face -face presence with the Holy God. And even better, imagine never having to leave His presence. Try and picture an eternity together with the One who loves you so much that He gave His Son, His only Son, in exchange for you. And though millions, even billions of people will be there in heaven because He is God, every one of us get to be up close. Our Heavenly Father invites us up close. There's more. Verse 16. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. This is talking about the incredible freedom in which the saints in glory are basking. Freedom from all of the effects of sin. Both their own sin as well as the sin that's in our world. The life that they are living means no guilt. No shame. No regrets. In heaven there will be no more death. Or mourning. Or crying. Or pain. Think of having freedom from all that disturbs us here on earth. Plus, the saints in glory have no needs. No needs whatsoever. No need for food or drink. No need for medicine or mouthwash. No need for anything. And how different that is from life here and now. How absolutely beyond comparison And how is it possible? Well, we're told in the last verse of this chapter, we're led to the source of our heavenly bliss. And His name is Jesus. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. 
He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. My dear friends, whether one of your loved ones is being remembered on this All Saints Day or not, we all have this promise from God. Whether you are a spiritual giant in God's eyes or you have faith as tiny as a mustard seed. Either way, hang on to this. By the grace and the power of God, there is a long-awaited and never-ending glory in store for you. Because Jesus lives forever, you will live forever. And while you are here on earth, the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. No one can snatch you out of His hands. And yes, He is coming soon. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Amen.